Let's get started. Welcome everybody to our brown bag lunch, so to say. Uh, it's noontime, um, more or less. And I'm very happy to present later on Stefan Pandorf to you, who is the co-founder and uh, chief executive officer of a company here in Germany, still a startup, uh, which is called Particulate Solutions. And beforehand, I will would like to introduce myself and also give you some background on uh, the so-called Staffrica project. Uh, at the moment, we are uh, about 20 participants. Some of them uh, are visible uh, here in the Zoom. Some are on the platform still um, listening to the presentation. And actually, we are recording this little presentation so please um, make sure that you are aware of it. My name is Harald von Korflesch. I'm an entrepreneurship professor at the university in Koblenz in Germany, uh, in the federal state of Rhineland-Palatinate. And this federal state has a very long tradition of collaboration between Rwanda. So we have a memorandum of, of understanding between the two universities, but there are a lot of other activities going on between our federal state here in Germany, Rhineland Palatinate, and the country of Rwanda. Let me uh, come to my uh, project, the Staffrica project. Um, we have for about a year or so uh, started a collaboration with the University of Rwanda, which will at least last for more three years. Uh, in the area of entrepreneurship support. And what we want to do is to build really a bridge in a metaphorical sense, of course, between Germany and Rwanda. And this bridge uh, is totally dedicated to entrepreneurship. So what we want to reach is to motivate startup teams from Rwanda to uh, go to Germany, if possible. And also we would like to motivate some German startups to go to Rwanda. And by saying to go to, I really mean to start business, to start doing business in the other countries, so to say. This is not so easy peasy as I have just said. Therefore, we are implementing an incubator at the University of Rwanda. And so one of my co-workers, Katharina Hartwig, she is living in Kigali for the moment and she will take care of the incubator program together with Niklas Richter here in Germany and Jonas Weinand, whom you might also see on the screen. We are very happy about this collaboration. It's really exciting. And uh, to stimulate those of you in Rwanda who want to know more about how to start a business in Germany, as I said beforehand, uh, we invited Stefan Pandorf to this lunch talk. Uh, I'm very happy that Stefan can join us. Um, we have a common path of several years already. Um, he is, you know, uh, he was a student of mine. He started the business. Um, I kept in touch with him as an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurship professor. 
So uh, we are nicely bounded together. And again, I'm happy that Stefan is here. And uh, I just hand over to you, to the main part of our lunch talk. Stefan, the floor is yours. Yeah, thank you very much, uh, Harald, for the introduction. And good morning or good afternoon, everybody. I'm happy to be here and talk a little bit about uh, myself and our journey with Particulate, uh, what we do, uh, how we did it, and how everything uh, started. So again, I would like to, to tell you a little bit uh, how, uh, how we started and what we do, uh, what Particulate is and what our product is, uh, what our customers are. But uh, first of all, I want to talk a little bit uh, about, our, about our startup journey, about the roller coaster ride we started. And uh, I started Particulate uh, with two of my best friends, Steffi and Stefan. Um, almost 10 years ago, which is crazy when I think about it, that it's already uh, almost 10 years. And the picture you see here is taken in Finland. And that was in 2010 when Steffi and Stefan and me went uh, to a semester abroad in Finland uh, at the University uh, of Tampere. Um, and that was 2010, the time when crowdfunding got really popular and famous around the world. Uh, Kickstarter, you probably heard about Kickstarter, this famous uh, crowdfunding uh, platform got really popular, popular. And we thought, uh, could we do something similar in Germany? Because um, there was nothing like that in Germany. And with this in mind, to build a platform to, to fund commercial, but also charity projects, uh, we came back to, to Germany and talked to Harald. Uh, which were our professor at, uh, which was our professor at this time. And then he supported us in the starting phase. Uh, we could write our uh, um, thesis on this, on this topic to, to don't lose any time. We uh, made some workshops together with other students from the university and other universities nearby to work on the, on the idea, to develop this idea into a business model. And with this idea, uh, we went to all the different startup hotspots. You probably heard about Berlin, Cologne, to, to different uh, yeah, events to get as much feedback as we, as we can get to get an opinion on, on our idea, on our business model. And um, everybody we talked to told us, focus on the charity part. Um, we had this, this platform in mind to support or to fund commercial projects and charity projects and everybody told us focus on the charity part. Uh, this is an interesting model. And then that's what we did. We focused on, 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 on this platform to bring together companies who want to support charities and customers who then uh, could pro support these projects together with, with companies. So that's the basic idea uh, we implemented uh, to build a platform, we called it or still call it social funders, where companies come together with employees and customers to, to support charity projects. That's the basic idea behind um, Particulate. And then with this, with this um, idea in mind, we again went to all these different events to gather more feedback um, and, and um, yeah, get as much feedback as possible. And um, then we graduated from university and uh, then there was this decision that has to be made. Uh, traditional way to go to a corporate and work for a corporate uh, or uh, start our own uh, company. 
And then we participated in uh, several uh, startup competitions. A few of them we won, like this one here on the picture. Other uh, competitions we didn't win, but uh, we found our investor, uh, which is still our main investor until today, who recognized, this, uh, recognized us. Uh, through one of these competitions and told us, okay, that sounds very interesting what you are working on. If you need funding for your idea, then uh, we might help, uh, we, or we could help you with it. And at that point, we didn't have anything to lose. Uh, and so we decided to start uh, and found Particulate almost two years after the first initial idea. So uh, the first idea was born in 2010. And then uh, we developed the idea further in, uh, um, in the, in the, uh, during our studies. And after we graduated from, from university, we, we started Particulate in 2012. And again, we were supported by, by Harald and the university uh, because we were the, one of the first teams uh, uh, which could use the, uh, the incubator in, in the technology center right next to the university right next to the campus of the university in Koblenz. And we are highly motivated and ready to rule the corporate giving world and CSR world. Uh, and then uh, we got to know these guys here, um, the BaFin. You probably never heard uh, of the BaFin and I hope you will never uh, get in touch with them because it's German bureaucracy at its finest. Uh, it's the highest authority in Germany Uh, for financial institutions and they knocked on our door and told us we have to take a closer look at what you are planning to do because maybe it is relevant uh, for us and at that point uh, these uh, this challenge was really a challenge uh, oops, um, which could be a reason for failure because they have so high requirements for, for financial institutions, uh, we were not able to, to met or meet these uh, requirements. But with the help of some smart lawyers, we were able to figure out a way uh, to do it and to find a way uh, to get a letter from the BaFin called Negative Testat, which sounds very uh, bad, but it's actually something, something very positive because in this, in this letter they stated Uh, that we can go on with what we are planning to do um, and allowed to do it uh, without the need of a banking license, for instance. And then we started uh, with many night shifts to develop um, our product, our first prototype um, of socialfunders.org. Uh, again, this platform to bring together companies which want to do corporate giving campaigns uh, uh, together with their customers and employees. And uh, yeah, that's how Particulate started. And uh, now we are a little bit more than three people. Uh, now we are 20 uh, team members uh, supporting and helping around about 70 customers, um, which are companies and large corporates or enterprises, um, mainly based in Germany, um, to do great corporate giving campaigns to, to easily do great giving campaigns using our technology. We are still uh, in Koblenz. Uh, we founded Particulate in Koblenz again uh, now almost nine years ago and are still located in the technology center right next to the university. But we are moving uh, end of this month to a new location, but still uh, in Koblenz. 
And uh, again, we are helping brands, big brands, companies, corporates, enterprises to, to do corporate giving campaigns um, very easily using our technology. And in, in, in the real world, that looks something like this. For example, we have the Deutsche Bahn, uh, the, the big railway company uh, in Germany, which wanted to implement a donation functionality into their own app. And they did it using our technology. Or we have Otto, which is a big e-commerce uh, shop in Germany using our technology or Allianz, a big um, insurance company. And all these corporates are doing different kinds of donation campaigns, corporate giving campaigns. Um, to, together with their companies. For example, we also have companies printing donation vouchers on the receipt at the point of sale uh, to, to establish some kind of charity loyalty program. Or we have customers uh, sending out Christmas cards with, uh, with donation vouchers printed on it. Uh, so there are really a lot of uh, possible um, or possibilities for corporates to use our technologies to do these corporate giving campaigns. But actually, that's not uh, where we started, because uh, we had, yeah, let's say, a few pivots in the in the in our lifetime. As I stated in the introduction, we started with the idea of socialfunders.org as, as one central platform, uh, one platform where, where all companies come together and can support charities together with their, with their customers. And each and every customer can find his personal uh, favorite charity he can support together with the, with the, with, with the company, with his favorite brand. And then we went uh, with this idea to our potential customers, which are mainly big brands. And they said, um, great idea. Uh, we will buy it, but we have a few wishes. We have a few requirements. Uh, please don't call it social funders. It doesn't fit our corporate identity or brand strategy. And in the upper left-hand uh, corner, don't put your logo, put our logo uh, on the platform. So everybody recognizes it's our corporate giving campaign. And that's what we did. Uh, we made the switch from socialfunders.org to, to white label. That, that was the first product switch we did. Uh, one reason was that customers requested it. But the second reason was it was much easier to distribute because these white label solutions have much higher ticket sizes um, than our socialfunders.org uh, products. Um, so it was very or it was much easier to get uh, uh, or to generate turnover and revenue uh, by selling these white label solutions. And about one and a half years ago, we did another switch to, uh, to our um, technology, which runs in the background of all our platforms, uh, our API, which powers all the, the, the functionality of these white label platforms, because we had more and more customers requesting um, our technology without the need of uh, our front end, which is these white label solution, because they have their own front end. They have an already existing app. They just want to add uh, a donation functionality and just want to, to use our, our technology to, to realize that. And so we decided to put this API, this technology in the background in, in the focus of our, of our product portfolio. And this, this is uh, what we do, and this is what it looks like here. If, if a company wants to, 
to implement some kind of corporate giving campaign, for example, in their own app or in their own e-commerce store or at the point of sale, uh, they can use our technology to easily implement it. And uh, through our API, they get access to all the needed infrastructure um, they need to realize such a donation, uh, such a donation uh, uh, mechanism in, in their, in their um, ecosystem, in their own ecosystem. Again, they don't have the hassle with the BaFin we had. It's all ready to use and uh, a plug and play solution. And for those companies who don't have their own ecosystem, their own e-commerce store, their own uh, apps, uh, we still provide these white label solutions, which can be uh, then added to the, to the API and extended with different add-ons, uh, which yeah, represent different use cases, uh, depending on the, on the goals which our customers are are trying to achieve by using our, our uh, technology. Yeah, that's what we do. That's our product, our main product. Again, uh, at the end, uh, after 10 years, we do something very different to the, the first idea. So the idea developed a lot over time and uh, with all this customer feedback we got over time. And now we do this with yeah, a lot of companies, small companies. We have a lot of small companies, regional companies, local banks, local energy providers, but also big brands like Deutsche Telekom or Deutsche Bahn, Otto, Allianz, big brands who, who, who use this, this technology to, yeah, to realize their corporate giving campaigns uh, in, a, in, a, in a very wide range, let's say. Yeah, that's what we do. That uh, that's our that's our our product our journey. I'm a little bit over time already, but now I'm looking forward to to start a nice little discussion with you to discuss your thoughts, your your questions, and so on. Thank you so much, uh, Stefan. Please hear a virtual applause, <laughs> simulated at least. Thank you so much for your, for your insights. Uh, uh, really a roller coaster, as you said, a journey uh, already uh, for about 10 years and I'm totally witnessing it. Uh, so I'm very close to it. Maybe I, I repeat a couple of things for those who came late to the presentation. <clears throat> First of all, what we have seen when, when we listen to your presentation is uh, a company which started with one idea, more or less in the area of social entrepreneurship, and then, you know, changed the business model, adapted to customer needs. And this is maybe one very first takeaway and a very important one for every entrepreneur. I mean, listen to your customer. It's always hard to educate your customer and tell him that his wishes are not the right ones. He should follow your wishes. Doesn't work. So you did this perfectly right. It was, it's also amazing to see how closely related technology is to the business model. I mean, uh, you, you pointed to the technical development from, you know, uh, social funders platform to white label, uh, the white label project to product to the API. And again, this relates to customer needs, but also it relates to technological development. So you need to always balance these two and it's a very specific very special market you are in uh, I think most of us know Amazon Smile <clears throat> which is quite similar I mean Amazon lets you buy uh, 
products over their smile platform and if you do that you contribute to a social project you want to support to a certain extent but of course not every company has uh, the money to come up with an own solution like amazon so you're right in place for those companies who want to do something good who feel social responsibility and actually since we have um friends from Rwanda here in this talk, this would relate to your idea of community, the responsibility for community. Uh, on the one hand side, on the other hand side, it's always a challenge to make your customers aware of that you're doing good things as a company. And here, actually, your platform is a perfect solution to get the customer involved, actively involved in uh, corporate giving activities by letting him decide or her decide where to spend the donation. So this is a wonderful technology. It's uh, a wonderful idea and I'm very happy about your presentation and that you exist, of course. And uh, I have just for an icebreaker, one, two, three questions for you, Stefan, and then I would like also to look into the chat uh, if they, our, our guests have some more questions. So my, my first question relates to the easiness of starting business and what have been your major challenges? I was perfectly listening to uh, the BaFin, which is our you know, governmental institution who makes sure that not everybody can start a bank or financial services because this is uh, a very, very precious area. <clears throat> so that was already the feeling for us as, listen as listeners to your presentation that there could have gone something wrong. But maybe you remember some other challenges to start a business. And of course, in Germany, that's... Um, that's the title of your presentation. Maybe you can recall one or two more. Yeah, as you said, uh, the, the the major problem or the major challenge was to 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 put our idea, which was quite simple, into a into a legal framework which actually worked. Uh, and Bafin was one of the challenges we had to to figure out a way how to solve this this challenge. Um, but there are a lot of, of uh, organizational questions, how the money gets from the, donate, uh, from the donor to the receiver. And uh, it's very complex uh, technology in the, in the back. And of course, uh, uh, that leads to another big challenge, which was the, the financing of everything, because it was uh, hard to generate, um, or it's, it's impossible to generate uh, revenue without having a product. And we had to develop the product first, and then um, we could sell it and um, and uh, generate revenue through it. So there was one challenge to find uh, investors who were uh, convinced uh, of this business model and helped us in the first round uh, with the financing. Um, we were lucky, as I stated, because uh, we found uh, our main investor very uh, very easily, actually, uh, the the main part of the money um, was was easy to get. Let's say, 
But uh, to find uh, additional investors was much harder. Um, Harald, maybe you remember the, the many pitches we did to, to convince the, the next investor. Uh, a lot of them uh, were interested, but uh, it was yeah, um, yeah, not as easy as we thought after we won the first investor. So that for sure was, uh, uh, was uh, a challenge. And uh, one challenge uh, I remember, but uh, it's a challenge every startup around us challenges is uh, finding uh, talents who were able to, to yeah, put this idea into, uh, into technology, uh, which is uh, yeah, now at the heart of our product. Because uh, Steffi, Stefan and me, Uh, studied information management, which is basically some yeah, computer science combined with uh, economics, but we are not able to, to do the programming uh, we need to do for our product. So we had to find uh, programmers who were actually able to, to realize our, our product. So I think that were the, the three main challenges, getting all the bureaucracy, especially with the, with the BaFin uh, done and again that was something uh, we already failed uh, at uh, then the financing and uh, to be able to start to develop the product uh, and then uh, find talents who were able to to realize our vision of the product i will a little bit comment on what you said uh, stefan um, and especially get back to the two major questions. I mean, the BaFin, the legal, the legal aspect. So uh, whenever you go into a, another country, uh, let's say from Rwanda to Germany, of course, you need to be aware of that. The legal rules are different in Germany compared to Rwanda and vice versa. So this is a major issue you pointed out. And even being in Germany, It's, it can be a, a tough challenge because we are not legal experts. Uh, we are either IT folks or let's say engineering guys or business people, but legal, normally you don't hire a lawyer from the beginning of your startup. You pay for the services and they can be really costly. So that's of course a challenge, uh, but you can handle it as uh, all of us have already witnessed. The second challenge, and this relates a little bit to the question which was asked in the chat, what can we advise if you need some money, so low capital, in order to start up a business, especially in the manufacturing sector, which is actually not your sector. And um, the, the beauty of the IT sector, of course, is that some costs, just don't occur i mean you have to buy some computers and you have to buy some computing power but at the very beginning you don't need too much of it so it's kind of a low cost model you can run in order to start sometimes it's uh, if you compare it to the manufacturing industry it's of course more difficult maybe you need big machinery and normally big machinery is expensive so if I'm asked for advice in this regard by the chat, I would always say there, there, there's one, one insight. <clears throat> Try to not buy, and especially not buy the newest technology, which is suitable for the manufacturing you want to do, 
try to um, take advantage of maybe used machinery firsthand. Secondly, machinery which is not te technologically state-of-the-art because if you have state-of-the-art technology, the technology is normally very complicated and um, especially if you need to repair it, um, that can be very costly up to the point that it's impossible because you don't, don't get the pieces you need in order to repair the machine. Uh, of course, you always can take money from family and friends. Uh, Stefan mentioned the possibility of crowdfunding campaigns. So this is always a very good alternative just to start. Yeah, you know, you make to get the first some hundred, some thousand USD, US dollars or Euro. So that would be uh, my advice. Um, but it also relates to the second or the third challenge you mentioned, Stefan. This is how to find talent. And um, yeah, it's not only about that you find people who, who are experts in a certain domain, but who also fit with the entrepreneurial spirit and the culture you already built up when you started the company. And this is, uh, again, another challenge, uh, which is interesting. Actually, for those in Rwanda, uh, just uh, to mention that we are just starting our application process or just have started our application process for students from the University of Rwanda to take part in our incubator program where we really want to focus on building up this entrepreneurial talent you need in order to become a successful startup. Thank you so much for your answer, Stefan. Um, I have, um, I would like to know uh, and follow up a little bit on what you said, you were lucky to find your first investor. <clears throat> so this has helped. Maybe what else has helped you seriously in overcoming some obstacles? What would you say was really helpful during your journey? First and foremost, uh, probably uh, perseverance. Um, if you believe in your idea, then uh, uh, you you have to be clear that it's a roller coaster, right? And a roller coaster goes up, and you are enthusiastic and uh, uh, full of uh, full of uh, joy and adrenaline. But on the other hand, there are downsides. And you have to be clear that after every downside, there uh, is an upside again. So because we faced many obstacles and challenges where it was easier to give up or go to the corporate and work for them nine to five <laughs> and uh, earn more money in the, in the first years. But I think a perseverance is very important if you, if you want to make a startup successful. Don't quit um, even... If it, even if the obstacle or the challenge looks impossible to solve. And that was really uh, the case with the Bafin uh, letter. If the Bafin knocked on our door, that was really something we, we, we thought, okay, it's done, the, the journey's over before it really started. Uh, and even some lawyers uh, we, 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 we uh, contacted said, okay, there is no way out. And then, uh, but we didn't quit. We asked the next lawyer and worked with them until we found a solution and finally found the solution and were able to go on with what we wanted to do. So I think perseverance is an is a important thing, a personal thing you have to, to bring on your own. 
But what really helped in the beginning, uh, especially in, in, in the challenge with, uh, with finding investors is uh, contacts and network. And I remember a lot of our talks in the, in the starting period um, where, you, where you opened your network, Harald, to, to potential investors or people who know pot potential investors. Because it's much easier if you get a warm intro by somebody who knows somebody than to, to knock on the door by yourself, because there are a lot of people knocking on their doors. Uh, so networking and contacts are really helpful uh, when you're looking for, for investors on the one hand, but also uh, for finding um, your first customer. Uh, uh, our first talks uh, to potential customers were contacts and and people out of the network of our of our business angels and and uh, from 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 you Harald from the university and so on, so um, yeah, network and connections um, are really helpful in in a lot of in a lot of challenges. Um, even if you face a question you don't uh, have an answer to, you can ask your network uh, if somebody has an answer or somebody or knows somebody who knows somebody who then knows the answer and so on. Yeah, this, this is a wonderful insight, Stefan. Thank you so much. Um, um, I, I, I like really the endurance your team has and um, that, you, that you never give up. Uh, I think this is so important. And um, also, you know, when you talk to so-called experts, especially in the legal field, Uh, you talk to the first lawyer and the lawyer, you know, maybe he, he tries to convince you not to give up, but, you know, not to follow this path anymore, to look for alternatives. I would recommend to everybody, first of all, to become as savvy as you can, as knowledgeable as you can also in legal affairs yourself. doesn't make sense only to listen to a lawyer. Yeah, you have to ask the right questions. You have to come up with creative ideas, even for lawyers. Uh, at least that's my personal experience. And um, never totally, 100% trust expert advice. Always question expert advice. And by doing that, you have been successful in coming up with a solution for the legal buffing issue you just described to us. And then, um, of course, networking. Um, so at least one person in the team needs to be a networker. Yeah, And networking means to talk to everybody, to ask for advice to everybody, and uh, also accept that people won't answer and won't help you. And this uh, relates to a strong sales Uh, competence so where you're able to you know to even not be successful and not to suffer from not to be successful once we have talked to potential customers um, I would like to to finish our little uh, lunch talk with uh, looking at the team the, the core team and uh, now it's a big team of 20 people plus uh, as you have said How do you handle the team situation? I can imagine, you know, there's a core, the three friends who went through really 
great times already, but also really bad times. And um, how can you, how, how, how do you keep up with, uh, let's say, friendship-based culture in, in this core of the team? And how do you, how do you manage your team in the broadest sense that they, you know, that they follow your vision? Maybe yeah. you can comment on that a little bit. So. Well, uh, first of all, um, it was very helpful that we started uh, particularly with, uh, for me personally, with two of my best friends, because there was always someone who uh, pushed you further. If you uh, didn't have any more energy to go on, then there were two other uh, uh, friends who pushed you to go further and to do the next step. So that really helped. Um, so I would do it again with all my friends. There are a lot of different opinions on that topic. If you should uh, found a company with your friends, I never regretted it um, and would do it again. And uh, in terms of the team, of course, it gets harder and harder. And in the beginning, you sit on the same at the same table and decide everything together and everybody knows everything. And of course, that gets harder and harder as the team grows because you can't fit 20 people on one on one desk or in one room and so you have to make sure that information is transferred to everybody uh, and everybody knows uh, what the vision is what our goal is um, how or what we are working on and um, that's one thing information uh, um, transparency is one thing we really uh, uh, drive uh, everybody knows everything um, everybody knows where we are standing, what, what are the goals and um, what we have to do to achieve those goals. So everybody knows what he has to contribute to achieve these goals. And on the other hand, I think it's very uh, helpful to transfer um, responsibility to, to the team members, not decide everything on your own. That's something, it's probably the hardest lesson I had to learn. You can't do anything by your own. You have to um, work with your team. You have to uh, make time and space for the for the most important important thing, and transfer responsibility to other team members and trust them that they will do the job and know what to do. And um, I think people uh, um, appreciate this this trust and then uh, act accordingly. That's our experience, as at least. And uh, right now, uh, in this crazy times here in Germany, with all this Corona um, situation, let's say, there is something that that was a big challenge because this transformation, this this information transfer, uh, became harder because you don't have the personal contact and the and the personal exchanges at the coffee machine or in the in the lunch break or so on. So um, it get it got harder. But um, again, you can you can use technology to at least uh, uh, support the uh, the exchange, the personal exchange with instant messaging, Slack channels, where not every message has to be regarded uh, or, or has to be um, about a, a customer or the product or so on. It can also be about the the I don't know the the new house you just bought or the the new car you just bought or the 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 joke you just read and think it's funny and then post it in the in the slack channel so we have this the socializing 
uh, also when you don't are in physical contact with your with your team uh, members. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's that's how we try to to keep up this this uh, teamwork. And on the base, of course, we have values, which were created with a team, not values we formulated and then said here in team, this are our values, please act uh, accordingly. But we developed these values together with the team, asked our team members, what does particularly mean to you? Uh, what does the work here mean to you? And then we collected all these uh, inputs and put it into our core values, which are printed on our website and also printed on, on, a, on, a, on a poster and um, uh, hanging in the, in the floor here. So it's not only something you have theoretically in mind, but you see three to four times each day and uh, remember uh, that we work together uh, and, and um, act to these, to these values. So yeah, the, the, I think it's some basic homework you have to do, like a vision, a common vision for the team, which everybody understands and knows and has present for their daily work, but also to make sure that information is transferred to each and every team member. Um, of course, the, the basic information like values, but also the daily news. For example, we want a new customer. In regular times, we have a big bell here, and each time a sales guy makes a deal, the, the bell rings. Now nobody hears the bell, so we had to find <laughs> something else. Uh, and then the team posts gif, uh, gifs uh, in, in Slack to, uh, to show, okay, there's a new customer incoming, um, and we do a little virtual uh, um, celebration of the, of the new customer. Thank you so much, uh, Stefan, for your answers. Since we have <clears throat> two answers from the chat, I, I have two questions, sorry. Uh, I would like just to read the questions for you and um, maybe you can, we can continue for some more five minutes or so. And then we do a little wrap up and then we stay until in our one hour. Um, there's a question, is it possible to share the exact requirements and costs of establishing a company in Germany as well as timeframes. Um, maybe um, I myself can handle that um, due to some experiences, uh, but I think um, if, do you have a quick answer from that, Stefan? How, how long did it take you to found the limited company and how much did it cost? If it's, a, if it's the limited, the the, the we call it UG in Germany, uh, which is, let's say, a, a baby company, but something you can do really quickly and uh, which, yeah, very uh, few uh, capital and, and time. So a few hundred euros and a few days if you use the standard, uh, which is provided. Um, if you need some individualization, uh, then it yeah, depends on how much uh, individualization you need. Then you need a lawyer and a notar and so on. But yeah. the, the basic standard um, company, let's say, you can found within a few days and a few hundred euros. Yeah. So <clears throat> I would uh, like to answer this question later myself and send an email to Arnold um, at K-Solutions Law. Uh, please, Jonas, make sure that we don't forget about that. Uh, so there are some 
you know, some, some basic path from very, very cheap um, with a higher personal responsibility if it comes to failure uh, and insolvency to more sophisticated capital companies like a limited company, uh, a small limited company Stefan was talking about, with, which at the end costs you maybe 1,000 euro all in all. And um, then a more sophisticated limited company, which costs you maybe two, 3,000 euro, which need to be paid to lawyers and the notary and so forth. And then, then there's the uh, stock <clears throat> noted company version, which is even more expensive. And of course, you need different amounts of capital in order to start these companies. But, um, you know, a basic heuristic we can provide regarding this. And the second question was, I would like to know the marketing strategy yet that you used to reach your potential clients. And I think you still use to reach your potential clients uh, from the perspective of a startup. And this relates always to... I don't have enough resources to do it like a big company. <clears throat> so to do really, uh, to invest a lot of money in marketing activities, especially um, let's say Google AdWords or whatever, uh, but still I need to reach my customers. So how did you do it? Stefan? Yeah, well, again, first of all, we, we try to pick the, the low hanging fruits the, the potential customers we could reach within uh, contacts uh, in our network. Uh, so instead of spending a lot of resources on um, reaching those customers via online marketing uh, instruments, we spend uh, the resources on figuring out who is available through our network and how can we reach these people through our network. Uh, that was the first step. And still we are... Um, doing a lot of our sales via personal uh, contacts, uh, still via visiting uh, fairs, for example, or um, getting contacts uh, through our network. And then again, we uh, use, of course, the traditional uh, online marketing campaigns and try to use them more and more. We didn't really do did we didn't really do any online marketing in the first years, because um, we were the only ones explaining what we are selling. Because this concept of corporate giving combined with stakeholder involvement was a new thing, and so it was very uh, expensive to get the message out because it was very you had to put a lot of effort into explaining what you actually sell because it's nothing, uh, nothing standard. But now there are more, there's more competition and uh, these competitors help us to get the message out, to explain to our target group what our product is, what they can do with it. And so it gets easier for us. Sounds a little bit um, um, strange, but our competition is helping us uh, to get our product placed at our target group because it gets easier when a few competitors share the cost of explaining and then you can uh, um, position yourself at the, uh, as, the, as the provider of the solution. You don't have to, to explain the problem, but you can uh, describe the solution. 
uh, and that makes things easier. And so we are uh, uh, implementing more and more online campaigns like LinkedIn campaigns, Zero um, Zia, uh, for example, to get uh, people recognize that we are the leading provider of these solutions and uh, better than our competition. Uh, and then after we get the attention of our customers, we call them. That's hardcore sales, let's say. You still have to pick up the phone and talk to, to our customers. And then um, uh, there's, a, there's something special about our product that's nothing you really need to put it that way. No company dies without our product. Our product is a nice to have. They can do a lot of things much better than they do now, but they don't uh, fail if they don't use our product. So we are selling uh, vitamins instead of painkillers. And it's uh, a lot easier to, to sell, a lot easier to, to sell painkillers. And so we have a very long sales cycle from the first contact to the to the closing, we have, depending on the customer, six to nine, sometimes 12 months from the first contact until signing. But then, uh, yeah, that, that are deals with a, with a yeah, significant deal size and long, uh, long contracts. So it's then worth it. But uh, yeah, so, to, to, to sum it up, uh, it's a combination of uh, personal contacts via network and the traditional online marketing um, instruments you have to generate leads you can then contact. Yeah. Thank you so much, Stefan. Uh, that was a really um, a great insight. And I think there's a general uh, truth in it. Uh, if, you, if you really are in a startup position, as an entrepreneur that you first try to ask your network, even in, in, in the direction of potential customers and um, not to spend too much money on something you don't know if there's any feedback and awareness. You explained very nicely that your product is quite complex. Uh, it's, it's a vitamin, it's not a painkiller and it's also business to business. Uh, don't forget, we are not talking about a startup and a company right now who sells a product to end customers. We are talking about a company and a service, a product, uh, which is um, suitable and should be used by bigger companies. And therefore, also the long uh, sales cycles, and uh, which relates immediately to the necessity to have a lot of potential customers in the pipeline in order you know, to uh, not depend totally on something which happens in six, nine or 12 months. Yeah, since there are no more questions in the chat and uh, we are running out of time, uh, we should stick to the one hour we, max we have foreseen uh, as a maximum. Uh, I thank you very much, Stefan, for your lunch talk and um, we see us again and we'll talk very soon to each other. Um, thanks to everybody who was attending and asking good questions. Thanks to my team for the technical support and see you everybody soon. The next lunch impulse is actually on the, <clears throat> is actually on the 29th of uh, June. And then we will have a startup from Rwanda and the audience uh, 
hopefully and most likely will be more German startups who will listen to um, what the Rundan scene will tell us and explain us how it is. Yeah, thank you uh, to everybody. Thanks for thanking us and see you soon. Bye-bye. Ciao. Bye.